Hello, everyone. This is another edition of Asides, the Cal Shakes podcast. This is Alicia Combs. I'm the creative content manager, she, her pronouns. Today, I'm talking to Cal Shakes Scenic Department. Let's go around the room and introduce ourselves and tell us a bit about your role and what you do for Cal Shakes. This is Steven Schmidt. I use he, him pronouns, and I am the technical director. Uh, I tend to sit in a lot of meetings uh, and um, do other fun things as well, but uh, definitely a lot of meetings is what I do. Hi, my name is Michaela Sinclair. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a carpenter here. I build a lot of scenery and build some as well. Hi, I'm Tanaya. I use they, them pronouns, um, and I also am a carpenter here, and I build a lot of scenery and a lot of very large flats. Um, My name is Charlotte. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the shop supervisor, so I don't get to do as much building as I would like to do because I love building, but I do have an awesome crew, and so basically I take the drawings from the technical direction folks, and I kind of handed out to the carpenters to decide who does does what in what order. Great. So I would love to walk through the process. I I don't think a non-theater person would know. So first, first rehearsal, the set designer shows up with drawings and a rendering, correct? Yeah. So our process actually starts before first rehearsal. Uh, so in our ideal world, the set's actually done by first rehearsal. That's not really actually like super realistic, um, but it it in some in some cases it's true. The actual set uh, on the stage, not on done. the stage, but done in the shop. Uh-huh. So the process uh, is the director and the scenic designer will have a series of meetings, and uh, it really depends. That process really depends on the director and the scenic designer. Um, once they are on the same page, the scenic designer produces a set of drawings uh, or a model which is used to communicate to us, the scene shop, what the set is going to look like. And the set designer's job is to is to do just that. What is, this, what is the visual world that we're going to be living in? That goes to, uh, to us to, and specifically to, the technical, to me, the technical director, and to um, the whole team. And we take that and we break it down and, and come up with a budget. And that budget is how many hours is it going to take to, to build? What materials do we need? And we get down to, you know, dollars and cents pretty quickly. Um, and then there's a budgeting process that we figure out, great, we have the cost of this show. And does that fit within our scope of the project? Um, at that point, we work with the director and designer to get the uh, get on budget. Um, and once we have a show that is on budget, we produce build drawings, which then get passed on to Charlotte, uh, who takes it from there. Um, so it, the, the role that I play in a, in a lot of in a lot of theaters that's generally called the shop foreman, shop supervisor. It's the it's the same thing. But what I do is, I, not only am I you know a good steward of the shop, I'm checking materials and hardware levels and doing repair and maintenance on tools. But also um, just managing the crew in general. So I'll get those technical drawings once the technical direction has kind of taken the scenic design, broken it down into little puzzle pieces, how we're going to build each thing. And then I'll decide who's doing what in what order in, in, the, in the scene shop. And a lot of that is dependent on how long it's going to take to paint it, what that paint treatment is going to be. 
because they want to build the things that are going to need the most paint treatment first so that they have the most time to work with those things. And um, there's a lot of different considerations in how you do that in one order. It's like who's really good at a thing or who wants to get better at a thing and kind of making sure that people get the chance to work on um, the different types of material, do the different processes. Um, and so and so that's that's what I do. It might be worth just jumping in and saying folks who are not in the room right now. Um, so we have on our team, uh, Heidi Volker, who's our assistant technical director, uh, she, her pronouns, and um, she is kind of in the office and working closely with me and sometimes takes the lead on shows, sometimes works in conjunction with me and to get those technical drawings done. We also have um, a couple other carpenters uh, who are not in the room um, and our sink painting team, um, our paint charge, uh, Anya. And also Lassen um, are both um, key members to this team who are not in the room right now. Tanaya or Michaela, do you want to like talk about... So so Charlotte's figured out when things are happening. Do you want to talk about your process? Yeah. So then um, as a carpenter, so Charlotte will um, talk us through the show and kind of the order that we're trying to do things in and hand us the specific build drawings that we um, as carpenters will be building that day or that week, um, et cetera. And we then look at the drawings and um, like turn the drawings into real things. So we do um, the building. Um, sometimes we split things up. Someone will be doing a lot of cutting of wood and someone else will be doing building. Um, a lot of times we split up between the metal, like metalwork and woodwork. Um, but as carpenters, um, that is essentially what we do. So like we we get the information from Charlotte and then produce it into 3D things. We also take all of those things and move them about 9 million times before they ever touch the stage, <laughs> which we like to call Shop Tetris or Shop Shuffle. And we move it to the paint shop and then we move it to go get stored and then we bring it back out. If there's a whole lot of Shop Tetris that needs to go on, sometimes we'll even put the Tetris theme song on just to, you know, help make sure that we, we're focused on what we're doing and we're, you know... <laughs> In the right mindset. Exactly. Yeah. And then we eventually take all of the scenery and put it into a box truck or onto a trailer and strap it down and take it to the theater and load it in. Yeah, so the, so the overall process, there's design, there's budgeting, there's drafting and technical design, there's uh, build, paint, then load in is when it actually ends up at the theater... Uh, and then, of course, technical rehearsals are when the actors and the scenery first start to really interact. Uh, and then we have performances. And, of course, there's always uh, fun when the actors and the scenery start to interact. And say there's huge rainstorms that make us that explode. Rainstorms? That would never happen. <laughs> At an outdoor theater. At an outdoor theater. <laughs> um, what are some of your... Your favorite horror stories from the year, or success <laughs> stories, or high fives? Yeah, because it's it's not it's, it's not only just the actors that are also interacting with the scenery for the first time. It's also all the other departments. the The lights are getting shown onto the set for the first time, and colors might end up not being what everyone expected. And the actors in the costumes are then interacting with the set, and then you realize, oh, this giant hat doesn't fit to this doorway. <laughs> Or, or or things like that, but um, so there's there's all of those elements coming together for the for the first time. So it's always 
always it, it ends up changing a little bit. You have to make little modifications. And it's that's is to me is actually one of the most fun parts of like yeah. you know you're no longer in your own little department in your own little world and you get to see how it interacts with everyone else and how good a job you've done and how you know how how much thinking ahead you did and whether or not you asked the right questions <laughs> at the right time mm-hmm. until you know so that's that's a big part of it is just being able to communicate with all of those people. There's almost always something we forget to ask or something that we didn't think about. And there are always those things you can't control, such as the rain in the outdoor theater. And I think Midsummer does really, you know, take the cake for... Absolutely. <laughs> well, for example, in Midsummer, there were about 24 doors, somewhere between 22 and 26, depending on how you counted the doors. Only 22 of them functioned. Yes, but we had to make around 26 doors. And I don't know if everyone knows, but when you add water to wood, it gets bigger. And so, like, doors in door frames, that get bigger than the doors no longer function. Uh, so we spent a lot of times taking doors down and then cutting them smaller, putting them back. They expanded again. And um, so that one was, yeah, the na- nature coming and um, wanting to see the play definitely <laughs> uh was a challenge to continue to overcome um, because it wasn't just one note that we could do and then move on. Like we didn't have to make a door bigger and then the actor's hat fit through. Like the rain kept coming and the wood kept expanding. Like more than you think possible. Like for how many times we cut down those doors, I would think there'd be no door left. But (laughs) um, yeah, I I would say Midsummer for me was like both the like success and challenge. Like it was, uh, a lot of an incredibly technically complicated show uh doors are complicated like i know it's like they seem very simple but as soon as you put it on something that's moving outside they're very complicated but also that set uh was very large obviously um but it also moved in a lot of different ways in different ways that uh in ways that i haven't moved scenery before you know there was this the whole unit that like that whole kind of tower unit um weighed about uh, now I'm now I'm remembering if it was two thousand pounds for the whole thing or two thousand pounds for each tower, and I am completely blanking. I think um, that it was t- about two thousand pounds for each tower. I think it especially was, especially once it got soaked with water. <laughs> well, I think it was about two thousand pounds to start with. I think our initial estimates were about two thousand pounds each, and then once you added the water, I, it, it was significantly more. Um, and it was it was pretty incredible. Um to just see how that impacted the whole system. Um, so, and we had uh, the person operating that who was a, basically a, a hand winch, which is means somebody's turning a handle, um, which was actually driving that entire unit using a whole lot of mechanical advantage. Um, and that water definitely put a damper on the situation. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Were there any problems with that set once it dried out? Like, did it, did it work or anything? It worked considerably. So there were some really fun notes that continued because there were so many doors used at so many different times and it changed depending on the position of the tower. Mm. Um, and those towers were really clever. It was one of the, my favorite moving, you know, automated moving bits of scenery I've ever done because I thought that was such a clever idea because it all ran on one track. Usually when you have things move in separate directions, there's a kind of a different system for it, but um, Stephen and Heidi came up with a very clever design, and I thought it was amazing how well it worked. So, but it was, but because of the because of the unevenness of the stage, and and because it's an outdoor theater, the 
the doors functioned differently in every position of the tower. So it was just kind of a constant challenge. And I don't think we ever stopped having to mess with those doors for the whole run mm. because the temperature and, um, you know, moisture content in the set just constantly was shifting. So I think pretty much every week we were out there messing with one door or another door. I have a question. So for Tanaya and Michaela, do you, the two of you have uh, thoughts, feelings on just the weather in general out of the Bruns? Because um, we've been talking a lot about midsummer and the rain, but uh, there's other experiences out of the Bruns. Do you? Do either of you have thoughts? I miss the Bruns. That's like the biggest thing that I didn't expect during the off season is I really want that heat back it's really hot when you're loading sets in or striking them at the bruns and i don't know i always thought it was a little bit too hot probably while we're at the bruns loading stuff in but then in the winter in the shop it's freezing cold and you're indoors and it's dark so but the bruns and all of its quirkiness is really uh really special and I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but I really do, like, I wasn't here for Midsummer during all of that rain, but I came in for the strike of Midsummer, I think, and I, um... And you helped install a light box for Midsummer. That's you true. Came I, came, like I came in Loden, and then I came in strike, and then I stayed. But my weather, um, thing for the Bruns this year was the, the blood in Macbeth. I just, it was everywhere. It was oozing everywhere. The caulk that we used to seal the tiles onto the concrete wall all the way upstage would just never dry. It was bloody. It was pink. <laughs> that, that, was, that was my weather. My weather disaster. But it was fun. I liked going to the runs every day, even though it was raining. So the Macbeth set had, it had plexiglass walls separating a lot of little smaller, like labyrinthy sort of corners that had blood splashed or smeared or otherwise infected onto the set that then dribbled down. Um, the other exciting thing about that set was that that plexiglass fogged up because we know at the Bruns that there's a lot of moisture in the air. And so that plexi would fog up to the point you couldn't see through it. And so we, part after opening, actually, or maybe it was during Tech Week, I can't even remember at this it point. Was, I think it was um, during previews. During previews, we installed infrared heaters to heat the plexi, which ultimately I think we used once or twice, but then it like stopped being really humid and mm. wasn't a problem. So it was an interesting... <laughs> That process. is a weird thing about the bronzes. You have to you have to adjust so many times. Like a a student matinee will be a million degrees, and that night you'll do a show and it's freezing. And, and the cows, and the cows. <laughs> <laughs> so we are technically in the cow shakes off season, and I'm putting off season in heavy quotes because that just means we're not putting shows on stage, but everybody is very, very busy right now. Not everybody. A lot of people are very, very busy right now. What does the scenic department do during this off season for the Bruns? Um, so we don't, the shop doesn't have an off season anymore. Yeah, I was about to say, what off season? What off season? Remember last Saturday? 
Um, oh, that wait. was the off um, That was nice. <laughs> I actually don't remember last Saturday, but I'm sure it was nice. Um, so y'all end up, you have been for a few years now, right? Um, mm-hmm. Building sets around the Bay Area for other theaters and other yeah. events, right? Um, yeah, we've so been doing it for a little do. over two years now. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think it was, I started in... 2017 actually you know just about uh three years ago and um one of the conversations when i was first hired was how do we make a shop sustainable you know that cal shakes one of the challenges is you've got you know you have people hired for six months of the year and then they're they go off and find other exciting work and then you know getting people to come back and rehiring and all that process um takes a lot and it means that you don't have like a consistent home you know so um we put feelers out towards the end of uh that that season in 2017 um just to see if anybody in the barrier was interested in having sets built and the answer was yes 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 and yes um so we started by building a show for the magic in san francisco uh, and then quickly started building for uh, act for the shows that are in the strand um, and then also started building shortly after that um, for Berkeley Playhouse. Uh, so that was kind of our start. Um, and we very quickly went from kind of a seasonal staff to a full-time year-round staff, um, which is kind of the dream for us. So, awesome. uh, Yeah, I think it's about the greatest thing that has ever happened to me because building scenery full-time is, you know, Building scenery in general is my favorite thing in the entire world, but the team that we have here at Cal Shakes and being able to work for a company that I really believe in and really love the work that they're doing in general, it's, 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 you know, the greatest, the greatest feeling to be able to come to work every day. Because it wasn't, it wasn't like you couldn't find work. You could always freelance and go out and find work other places, but being able to, you know, stay home basically and at the place that I want to be and the, be in the shop that I want to be in and working with the team that I want to be working with. It's been, it's been really, really great. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I second that. I think like <laughs> it's for me, I have experienced it as, you know, it, you know, at the beginning, I feel like I had just a lot of support from the organization. Um, and it kind of felt like we got to like create our own like scene shop, but without having to deal with all of the like, kind of administrative stuff that you'd have to do to create a business. It was like, you know, it was all the best things that I, you know, wanted to spend time doing and none of the things I didn't want to spend time doing. So it was kind of great from that perspective. But it also has the added benefit that, you know, all the work we're doing, um, not only does it mean that we have a full-time skilled staff um, that kind of carries into the Cal Shake season and means that we have people, we're going into a summer where, uh, Currently, everyone that is planning to work in the summer has already worked at the Bruns, which is like phenomenal. Um, so there's that benefit. And then any, um, you know, we are uh, are able to purchase uh, and, and, and supply our shop in a way that makes it more effective. And we have, you know, the right tools for the job because we can afford them because we're building, you know, 40 hours a week in the shop, uh, at least, uh, you know almost 52 weeks a year not quite uh um so it, it it fills out our shop in a way that's really helpful and i think beneficial to the organization and it also connects us with the other theaters in the bay area which is really exciting we have a lot of 
really great relationships with the theaters in the Bay Area. And um, it just opens up opportunities, I think, for collaboration and just a sense of the Bay Area as a theater team. You know, uh, like I, I love thinking of the of all the theaters in the Bay Area as on one team rather than competing for the work, because I think. You know, I don't know the, the I don't know the right statistic, but the percentage of people that come see theater is is smaller than we'd love it to be. And I think the more we work as a team, I think the like more powerful we are. So yeah, definitely. So what are you all working on right now? Um, right now we're building uh, Gloria for ACT um, for ACT at their Strand Theater. Um, which is directed by Eric Ting. So that's pretty exciting. Um, since I mean, like, we build shows for Eric at least once a year, but like now we have one that is at a, on one of our other, like, one of the other theaters we build for. Um, but we, we're currently building that and we just finished, but haven't loaded in, um, uh, Memphis. Thank you. Memphis, um, for, uh, Berkeley Playhouse. Um, so those are our two things that we're doing right now. We also are, we, uh, oh, I kind of true. was chuckling because, you know, sometimes it's hard to remember what show we are working on because at any time we're working on at least three or four shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're in, uh, we've been in process for budgeting other shows at the same time. Um, and in fact, uh, I guess we don't quite, we're not quite working on the next Berkeley Playhouse show yet, but we will probably start working on the next one before the current one loads in. So, um, there's a lot of, you know, it's like, we're working on Berkeley Playhouse, but which Berkeley Playhouse are we talking about? <laughs> well, and it's also true that, like, we're all working out different parts of it. So, like, Michaela and I um, and, like, our overhire carpenters are building shows. So, like, we're building one or two shows at a time. But then Stephen and Heidi may be drafting one show and budgeting another one and having conversation with designers with another one. Charlotte's like getting drawings for the next show and like answering questions and all of that stuff. So we're all working on different parts of different shows um, all at the same time. Uh, And then we're also building for an escape room as well. We've like kind of had to pause for a bit to build these shows because there's more of a hard deadline with theater. Um, So... Yeah, we have quite a lot of projects. We also dropped off a floor for Berkeley Rep this morning that we did. So quite a few shows. For for Gats. Uh, Gatsby. Yeah, Yeah, uh, for elevator repair. Service. service, Theater. You just built a floor? We painted a floor. So they they, they actually, the set was already built and has been performed in New York. uh, But the floor is um, worn and tired. Ah. And so they reached out to see if we had capacity to paint it, which we do. Strangely, with all the shows we're building... We still haven't hit a point that we have a full-time painter. Wow. Um, so both Anya and Lassen work other places. Um, and uh, it's an interesting thing where th- we kind of go through phases where shows are really complicated builds have very little paint. And it, it, it just it, it's hit or miss. Some shows require really intense paint uh, and some shows require very little paint. So it's, it's an interesting thing to watch. But that's the greatest thing about every set that you do is because even though you're using a lot of the same skill sets and you're basically building a lot of the same types of units over and over again, every show is so different and it just depends on all of the things. And sometimes shows will have lots of fabric in and then you have to bring in a whole set of new set of skills and, you know, approaches. So it's, that's one of the really fun things about it. Tell me more about this escape room. Um, okay. So this escape room is kind of, complicated in the like it's not quite like an escape room you'd imagine because normally you like 
walk in a room and then a creepy voice is like, you have 60 seconds before the bomb goes off. And like, there's like, you think and you like break into things and you're, and it's a little bit more like just sitting in a room. And this one, at least the part that we're building about of it right now is like, um, more arcade games and like thinking and, uh, completing tasks that are game and team related. Um, so one of the things that we are building is ski ball. Um, but the heart, the biggest challenge for me with that is that the people who are creating this escape room don't want the ski ball balls to be able to, um, be removed from the game. It wants to be self-contained, which means that we have to make an opening big enough for an arm, but smaller than a ball. Um, which is hard because everyone's a different size, everyone's a different height. For example, like Steven and I are a foot, like he is a foot taller than me. And so like just creating something that I can reach that isn't too short for Steven or that like Steven might be comfortable with that I can't do anything <laughs> with because my arm's too short. Um, but we, we have done extensive research on ski ball that is gone and played ski ball after work. Um, and, and then created a ski ball game from scratch, which was challenging and fun and frustrating, especially because there's a bunch of stuff in the way from you actually throwing a ball or like rolling a ball, I guess. Um, but there's like ski ball and then there's like a ball toss where you're trying to throw a ball into like a little hole far away. Um, but we kind of set it up in the shop and plan to um, set it up in our rehearsal space and like get all the kinks worked out before we load it into their um space in berkeley will that be open to the public it will i uh still they're still getting well they actually have all the permits now and then they're in the process of doing the construction in the space for the like the building and then uh and then we'll be starting to load in the actual rooms exciting so, yeah very exciting well what was your i'm gonna go around the room what was your favorite production that you've worked on here and why Ooh, my favorite production that i've worked on here like ever or like in the past year i mean ever let's do ever <laughs> okay steven you go first okay i will go first <laughs> um so i think it depends on the, a little bit more you know specificity on the question so i think my favorite production i think i'm gonna have to go with black odyssey as a production um, and I did, I did really enjoy how, how beautiful that set was. I think I really get excited about technical challenges. Um, and for me, it, it might be a, a little bit of a tie. I really enjoyed, uh, the technical challenge of Midsummer that we talked about. I also really enjoyed the technical challenge of everybody that we did. Um, not this past season, but the season before that, uh, where we had a, a wall that had to, fall down and then um and ultimately come back up after the show um and they also had a trap door in it right it was the wall had a trap door fell down i don't remember what else it had like a really interesting three-dimensional surface yeah it was a weight weight bearing platform as well yeah so all sorts of things so so we got to play with hydraulics uh um during that show which was a lot of fun uh and then there was also um Viet Gone at ACT, which had some really fun engineering in it. There was a, a 22-foot span bridge, and there's a turntable that we built that still gets used by not like by multiple theaters in the Bay Area. Um, 
Yeah. Stephen, you were supposed to pick one. I know, <laughs> and just okay. but I'm not no, good at both picking Both of those are one. fine. That's good. And so, since you broke the rules, everybody else can. <laughs> um, I would say that my favorite show that I've worked on at Cal Shakes so far is House of Joy, because we created a really pretty playground that I got to climb all over. <laughs> And that was a joy. I stuck my head through that climbing wall. I stuck my feet through the climbing wall. I've been all over that set, and I just had a great time working on it. Um, it was also a leg workout, <laughs> going up and down and up and down and all over the place. Uh, but that's probably my favorite show at Cal Shakes. I would like to add that the bronze is always a leg workout. Mm -hmm. I always say leg day at the bronze mm -hmm. is like my catchphrase of load-ins. Um, but I also have, like, I um, la last, this most previous season, 2019, I had the privilege of being a, the assistant technical director on Good Good Person. Um, so that was really enjoyable and just that it was different from what I have been doing. And I also, I learned a lot and it was also a lot of um, lights for someone who builds, like, with wood to like learn about wiring and, and whatnot. So that was a really enjoyable process just cause it's different from what I do every day. But I, and, um, but I think my favorite like set piece that I've built is the doors from house of joy. I've built like 35 doors this in the past year. Um, I've managed to build every door in every show for the, like, <laughs> it just like coincidentally worked out and now like kind of want to, don't want to break the streak. Um, but those doors are like these giant castle doors. And so there was a lot of like really finicky routing and gluing and stapling. And I was like this, I'm like never going to finish it. it. Took 10 times longer than I thought it was going to take. But when I finished them, I was like, I made castle doors. Like <laughs> I was very excited by it. And so those are my favorite piece that I built. Um, but I just think I like all like in terms of like what show I enjoy doing. I think I, in the long run, enjoy every show that we work on because I love the people who I'm working with. So even when it's super frustrating, like you still are, you're frustrated with like your friends. And so you get to like, be like, okay, the day's over. Like, let's hang out and like, you know, play games in the shop or whatever. And, um, and that's really my, like, I just love working here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, like, it wasn't, a sh if I didn't have to pick a show specifically, I think Shop Croquet, which is our, our newest, <laughs> our, our newest, um, activity. Oh, Shop that, Croquet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We made some, like, steel wickets that we can set, set up wherever we want in the shop. It doesn't, it's not exactly the same rules as standard croquet because, you know, there's all the obstacles and you're allowed to build ramps and it, it gets a little complicated, but that's, <laughs> That was that's been a pretty good shop project, I have to say. But the, the, there are there are three shows that I have really enjoyed working on at Cal Shakes, and one is before because I've been here for a while, and before I, any of these folks were here, we did a production of Spunk. It's based on the works of Zora Neale Hurston, and I loved that show. I thought Patricia McGregor's direction of that show was great, and just the the feeling among the cast and just the, the achievement of that show in particular, I just really enjoyed working on because ultimately, even though we're building scenery and we see, and we start so much earlier because we start even before rehearsals are, are, are in process. It's so much fun and it feels so good when you come together with everyone else and are, are part of telling that story or part of actually doing 
a show and going to like opening night and seeing the seeing your scenery in there that's setting the setting the scene and taking you to, to a different place is just my favorite thing. And I thought we did a really good show on Spunk. But um I really had a lot of the same feelings about Black Odyssey. It was really, really cool to see that new work happen, see the script changes happen. Um, from the, you know, because they produced it before, but like, but the script changes working with the playwright directly, that was a really, really cool show to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the painters just knocked it out of the park with that, with the, that, that show as well. Yeah. They did such a good job on it. And, you know, we put a ginormous gold Cadillac on a stage. <laughs> that was super cool. Oh my gosh, I still have video of you pitchforking the, uh, the Cadillac off the truck. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a, that was a very, very fun show. But, um, any show where it's a technical challenge that I'm just not sure it's going to work out <laughs> or, or where we're just doing something really cool and magical with math, like making, making the trust for the, the bridge that we did for Viet Gone that was at ACT. That was really cool to, to do from start to finish. And just, you know, just to make something that's such a large span that could bear so much weight, making that really cool turntable. And that load in especially, because it, it, it had this marine grade carpet that was on the stage. Oh so for like three days, we're loading in and there's like, it looks like there's no scenery no on progress. the stage. Because we're just like gluing down carpet for forever. And the production managers over there start like to get really nervous. And then... And then when we um, finally got the carpet finished, the set just went in. Like, like it was, half an after, like, like half a day. Like, it, it just like, and they were just like, oh, there's a huge bridge and all these walls and all the, like, oh, oh, crazy. Yeah. And I just, I love it when things come together like that because it just means that we've, we've, we've done our job, right? Yeah. Actually, one of my, on that show specifically, like we, we've, we just talked about the, the span, the bridge and the, the, the turntable, but actually the most technically complicated thing about that whole set was the double-sided wall it no nobody looked at that and said oh that's cool there's just a wall that's all it is but it was a wall without any support from an audience perspective um and it was basically supported it sleeved into these seven inch deep sleeves in the turntable and that supported the 10 foot tall wall and and it went in so well. Like, it was like, so hard to make. But when we loaded it in, it was just amazing to just have them just, like, dropped right in. no time. It was Oop, just done. amazing. Yeah. Well, and just for some perspective, normally, like, you see the front of a wall and behind the wall, there are jacks holding it up. Sure. So regular, like, nor like the every set that I've built, because I was not part of Viagon, you have support for your walls um, that the audience cannot see. So it is, like, a really amazing thing to try to create something that is not being supported from behind yeah it's like standing up a piece of paper and expecting it to just stand straight and be strong yes. yeah, yeah wow y'all have a job that i think people know what a good set looks like and they think it's nice but there's there's so much that has to go right for it to be not noticed right so like it takes it takes a whole team, yeah. you know. Like I, I'm a firm believer that one person never has the best idea; that mm. a group of people have the best idea. And there's, you know, I certainly don't always have the best idea. <laughs> I know that, and but it, you know, and it, it's what I think is really exciting about this shop is a it, it it is a group of friends, you know, building scenery together, and b I really appreciate and enjoy the like uh, 
the the collaborative you know um, way we get to the finished product and and you know feedback from from anyone on the shop floor is valuable um, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we tell Stephen he's wrong all the time. <laughs> <laughs> why did we build it so big and heavy? That's what I hear a lot. <laughs> Our joke in the shop is that um, we're trying to build scenery that's lightweight and portable. What we never <laughs> achieve it um, because it normally takes at least four people to pick up a piece of scenery that Stephen designs. <laughs> well, Stephen hates seams. <laughs> I hate seams. And I love steel. <laughs> Especially what a combo. big, heavy steel. Mm, yes. yes. But uh, the, the other thing that is always just so... Such an adventure about scenery is you have to be willing to not know things. Because every show you have to learn yeah. something new. Because sometimes they're like, and then we need a functioning sink in this set. <laughs> and you're like, oh... Now I'm a plumber. You know, like you just never know exactly what you're going to be doing, what kind of material they're going to be putting on stage. But that means that they always get to learn something new. So it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty great job. Any advice for folks who are interested in doing this work and wanting to get started or learn more about how to how to start? So I think there are a lot of different ways to go about it. Going to school for it is hands down one of the, the greatest ways to do it. There's some really great theater programs out there. And even if you're not um, taking classes in theater, most colleges have some jobs that are available, like on-campus jobs doing theater. And that's why I know a lot of people that I know who've gotten into theater were, you know, in college for business or English. And then, you know, they just needed a, an on-campus job and ended up, working at, for the theater department. So you can always do it through education and at school. I, however, didn't take that route. I didn't actually ever go to school for theater, but I have been doing it for a very long time. So the other thing I would say is just do it. There's almost always a local theater somewhere that, you know, you can either volunteer or you can um, just get um, an entry-level job and use always something to learn again there's so many different processes that go into it there's woodworking there's fabric there's um there's painting there's all the just all the different things that that happen a lot of theaters are doing more and more metal work more and more work with leds more and more work with automation and computers and motors and so there's so many different aspects to it so if you um i just just start. I mean, just just put in a resume. There's a, and there's a lot of a lot of different jobs to be had. It's always a good time to reach out because even when we don't have kind of full time positions available, uh, we almost always end up in a situation where like, oh, we need somebody for a week or a couple of days, or you know, we we always are um, interested in having more people on our what we call our overhire list, which is people who we call when we need more hands for a load in or or whatever so um so it's always a good time to reach out and if people are listening to this and thinking that sounds so cool i have no clue how to get started just send me an email and <laughs> we'll have a conversation and we'll get you started so um because you know the only thing we like more well the only thing we like as near as much as building scenery is talking about building scenery so <laughs> um so happy to talk to people i think it's also important to like cuz i know that doing carpentry or metalworking can be very scary 
Um, for a lot of people, not only because you're working with, you know, saws, um, things that can hurt your body, um, but also I know that something like when I was starting to get into carpentry, um, I think about doing it professionally is I thought of the culture of carpentry because I am like a queer, black, gender nonconforming person and like going into a white cis male dominated field is um, terrifying. Uh, so I think that it's important to recognize that there are, especially in theater, there are a lot of safe places to do carpentry. And I am happy and proud to work for a company where I do feel safe and supported, um, not just throughout the carpent, uh, not just throughout the theater, but also especially within the scene shop. So I think like, do it no matter what. Like I am also short and that can be very challenging. <laughs> I constantly yell. I wish I had stretchy arms so that I could just reach things that are too big. Um, and so I, I think that like, no matter like who you are, like what you look like, what your body type is, what, like what you have done in the past, you, you can always learn a new skill and, and there, are, and the theater community is super accepting of people and, yeah, and carpentry is just really, it's a lot of fun. And everyone thinks you're so much more impressive than you are. <laughs> They're like, wait, <laughs> you can just read a tape measure? Like, how do you do that? And I'm like, it's just like a really long ruler, you know? And so like, once you learn, like, once you learn it, like, you can take off the door in your house and like put a new door in or whatever type of things you want to do around the house. You can remodel your entire house and like have your coworkers help you do that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, now I want to start a, a TV show featuring <laughs> scenic design, scenic department making like a, uh, what is the channel that does like a, this HGTV. old HGTV. HGTV. Oh, we would be great on HGTV. <laughs> I'll have my people contact your people. <laughs> we had talked I, about having a scenic department Instagram at one point. I, don't think I would like it. to run a scenic department Instagram. <laughs> I will post pictures of scenery exclusively. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> idea. Maybe some really nice welds. Yeah. Definitely nice welds. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for taking time out of your super busy schedule to talk to us. Thank you for organizing this. Yeah, thanks, Alicia. Okay.